Hello, Big Ten fans and big betters. Happy holiday season. We're back here on the big Big Ten football show with our Big Bets Bowl edition that will take you up to the new year, or at least end end us through the 2021 calendar year through January through December 31st. So far this season, we are 45, 30, and 1 plus 23 and a half units, uh, coming off winning that Big Ten championship game. And let's start with our big bets for the bowl games. And we're going to start with the Maryland Terrapins. Not necessarily my favorite team, but, you know, a team we've done okay picking and picking against, particularly down the stretch of the season. We had Penn State against them, we had Michigan against them, and we had them against Rutgers uh, to close out the year. The Terps are a three and a half point favorite over Virginia Tech as the two teams face off in the Pinstripe Bowl in Yankee Stadium. Uh, the Terps appear to be a befuddling team, but really, they aren't. They played six games in which their opponent had a winning record, and in those games, they are 0-6. They've played six games against teams that are 500 or worse, and in those games, they're 6-0. and So not only are the Hokies their opponent 6-6, and but the version that is taking the field tomorrow on Wednesday is a far cry from the Virginia Tech squad that qualified for a bowl game. Gone is starting quarterback Braxton Burmeister. Gone is backup quarterback Knox Kadem. What does that mean? That means the third stringer is going to be the QB. Gone are their leading receivers, Tavion Robinson, who leads them in receptions, as well as Trey Turner, who leads them in yards. Also gone, starting offensive lineman, uh, Lasitas Smith. Two defensive linemen as well as uh, Jermaine Waller, who is their leading interceptor with four picks in the secondary. So this might seem like an overly simplistic handicap, but the depleted Hokies are a team that Maryland will be able to handle in Mike Loxley's first bowl game as a head coach. And, you know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Why make it more complicated than it has to be? This is the type of team that Maryland has handled all season long. They are 6-0 in these types of scenarios. Even I'll even say they're only 5-0. I'll take out West Virginia week one. They've played five games this season where you would say going into the game, or at least I would say going into the game, because I know some people had Rutgers um, at the end of the year, where you know this is a game Maryland should win. They've won all those games. In my opinion, with all these players out against this Virginia Tech team, that I think this roster would have gone, you know, four and eight, maybe three and nine in the ACC. I think this is a Virginia Tech team that Maryland should beat. This is a game Maryland should win, and they will win. The biggest reason why they'll win is the offense. So I'm also going to go over 29 and a half points for the Terps. Um, th their offense is easily the best unit in this game. They're ranked 34th by SP+, led by the trio of Talia Tagovailoa, 
Um, wide receiver Joachim, Raheem Jarrett, who has 56 receptions. Talia has uh, 24 TD passes, averaging 8 yards per pass. And running back Teon Fleet Davis is averaging an impressive 5.5 yards per carry with 9, nine touchdowns. Throw in uh, wide receiver Carlos Carrier, who has emerged late in the season, as well as tight end Oconquo. And that gives the Terps three players who've had at least five TD receptions this season. SP plus ranks Tech's defense 47th in the country. Of course, that, that's what all their players are going to be missing. As we mentioned earlier, some key guys, two defensive linemen, uh, their top ball hawk. So in four games against defense ranked outside of the top 40, that Maryland has played this season, the Terps have scored at least 30 points each time with an average of 36.3 points. So the Terps, they live off trunk plays, 10th in the country when it comes to pass plays of 20 plus yards. How do the Hokies handle that? How do they defend that? They are 79th nationally in terms of allowing pass plays of 20 plus yards, 66 in terms of pass plays of 30 plus yards. This is simply a Good matchup for Maryland. Too good of a matchup, in my opinion, to pass up, which is why we are going to take over 29.5 with Maryland. We're going to give you a couple more uh, to team totals here in terms of uh, our big bets. West Virginia, under 19.5. That game is tonight. Sorry for giving you uh, this one late. But I threw it in late. I just thought of it as I was putting this together. For those of you that have been listening to the podcast, you know I did a solo one for this bowl game, for the Minnesota game. So West Virginia, under 19.5 points in Minnesota's last 10 games, which is a solid sample size. It's almost the entire year. The Gophers have allowed 20 points just two times, just two times in their last 10 games, with a high of 27 to Iowa in a weird loss. I mean, they... They lost to the Hawkeyes. They gave up 27 points, but they only allowed. They only gave up uh, 12 first downs in that game. Only 277 yards. In a typical performance, that's not going to yield many points. They're ranked 11th in defensive SP plus. So one of the really one of the top defenses, one of the most unheralded units in all of the country, and they're going to face a WVU team that is 73rd in SP plus on offense. And that same offense is going to be without their leading rusher, Letty Brown, who has opted out to prepare for the NFL draft. The Gophers finished the regular season ranked fourth nationally in total defense. Fourth in total defense, their ninth in passing defense, in rushing defense, as well as scoring defense. So it's a balanced unit that really gives up nothing easily at all, whether it's on the ground or through the air. In their past 10 games... That point total per game drops to 14.8 points per game with eight of those 10 opponents scoring 16 points or less. That even gives us a you know a little field, uh, field goal margin, a little margin for error with West Virginia. Um, and their current streak of six straight games of below 300 yards allowed is the best in the country. You throw in a ball control offense, some inside information, from newly rehired offensive coordinator Kirk Soraka, who was an analyst on the West Virginia staff this past season. So he's definitely going to you know, have some deets on how to defend the Mountaineers. I expect the Gophers to really lock down West Virginia in this game. 
and one more big bet that's going to be Arizona State under 17 and a half points. The Sun Devils have been a run first team this season as Jaden Daniels has failed to make the progress Herm Edwards hoped following his breakout freshman season. He's a junior and his best uh, season so far has been that true freshman year. Now they're going to have their top two running backs out. That's 21 rushing touchdowns lost, which means that's going to put more of a load on the quarterback. And that's a problem for ASU as he is just as likely to throw an interception as he is a touchdown, maybe even more so because he's got 10 TD passes to nine interceptions and he's going to be going against a Wisconsin defense that will have him on his, on his heels. The Badgers are fifth in passing defense and they're one of the just of a handful of defense in the countries that has more interceptions defensively than touchdown passes. And it's frankly like a, a, a solid chunk. They've only allowed nine touchdown passes while they've intercepted 15 passes. So I'm, I'm really expecting uh, the Wisconsin Badgers to be disruptive to disrupt this offense and maybe even create some turnovers. I'd be surprised if they don't create a couple of turnovers. And they're not just great against the pass, folks. The Badgers are dominant, absolutely dominant against the run, which is what was Arizona State's bread and butter going into the season. They are number one in the country, and they've allowed, not per game, but total, they've allowed more than 300 fewer yards on the ground this season than Georgia, who is the next best rushing defense overall they are number one in total defense number two in yards per play sixth in scoring defense as they've held eight of the 12 opponents below 17 points this season and I believe they're going to make it nine out of 13 against the Sun Devils and we're going to stick with that game for our first bigger bet we got three bigger bets following up those four big bets and it's going to be Wisconsin Minus six points against Arizona State. The Badgers are facing an Arizona State program that's in flux. It believes Herm is coming back, but who knows? There's a lot of um, investigation going on there, which I think is probably a reason we're seeing a lot of uh, numerous opt-outs and transfers from this program, unlike Wisconsin. Among them are their top two backs, as I mentioned, including 1,000-yard rusher, Rashad White, who is also their second leading receiver. So he really impacts both the run and the pass. His departure is tremendous and can't be understated. Defensively, ASU has lost several of their key defensive backs against Wisconsin. Most importantly, they've lost also lost linebacker Darian Butler, who is their second leading tackler. He's also tied for the team lead with eight and a half tackles for loss. These are all key players. While the Badgers have had a few players leave the program, but they're guys who have left, you know, like a Jalen Berger who, who left in October. They have guys who have left who have not been contributors to the team this season. And while it hasn't been pretty offensively for Wisconsin, we got to be honest, it really has not been pretty at all. It's been downright putrid in some of these games. Freshman running back Braylon Edwards is an app, excuse me, Braylon Edwards. Braylon Allen is an absolute stud at 7.1 yards per carry. He's a physical runner. He's a big kid. 
He's got the ability to break off long runs in eight games since he's taken over as the primary ball carrier. He's got seven 100-yard games. He's got 11 rushing touchdowns. Now, you may look at the numbers and say ASU is 33rd against the run. That may sound good, but when you take a look at the fact that the best three rushing offenses they faced this year, they were absolutely gashed. Oregon State ran for 237 yards. Utah ran for 208 yards, and UCLA ran for 199 yards, which included minus 18 yards by the team. So since Allen's become the focal point of the offense, their overall efficiency has been much improved, and I think this is an Arizona State team that sneakily will be very vulnerable to Wisconsin's running game. Paul Chris, as a coach, he's been phenomenal in bowl games. He is 5-1. and one since taking over Wisconsin, including three wins over ranked teams. Now, Arizona State, they are unranked. So what has he done against unranked teams in bowl games? This is going to be the third time he's played an unranked team in the bowl game. You're going to take a guess? Can you take a guess that they, they did okay? They beat Maryland third, beat Miami 35-3 to in the 2018 Pinstripe Bowl. And two years ago, they took care of Wake Forest 42-28 to in the 2020 Duke's Mayo Bowl. If you're not fully invested, folks, the Badgers will bludgeon you. This is not a team you want to play. They are nasty. They are physical on both sides of the ball. They love, they love to, you know, they want to make it a rock fight on the line of scrimmage. So it's not the team you want to play if you're not fully into the bowl season. Expect a big day on the ground for Wisconsin. While that number two ranked defense per SP plus creates havoc, I expect them to potentially create points as they handle a double-digit victory. Hey, I'll take a seven-point win, but I think it's going to end up being more likely by double digits. All right, I've been going pretty heavy with uh, the Big Ten teams. One more Big Ten team, and not a lot to talk about here because I already did a full 15-minute podcast previewing Minnesota. I gave that out yesterday, wrote a column on that. Minnesota minus four and a half, so just wanted to mention that. And then our third bigger bet, finally I'm going to pick against a Big Ten team, and that is Purdue. I'm picking against Purdue, taking Tennessee, laying the five and a half points. In my opinion, the loss of wide receiver David Bell and defensive end George Karloff, this is just too much for the Boilermakers to overcome. These aren't just all Big Ten players we're talking about. These are all American caliber players. Uh, David Bell was a first-team consensus All-American. Karlaftis was AFCA first-team, arguably should have been the consensus uh, first-team All-American. He is projected to be a top-15 pick. Bell could be a late first-rounder, maybe second-rounder. These dudes are legit and by far the best two players on the team, hands down. How does Jeff Brom replace Bell's production as a receiver or the impact that Karlaftis creates on this defense, which is much improved. In my opinion, the short answer, he doesn't replace them because he can't replace them. These guys are just, they are elite. They are elite. There's no one even close to them on this team. Now, not only will Bell sit out of this game, but Purdue will also be without their number two wideout, Milton Wright. And from what I understand, they only have three receivers who are experienced and the third one of those is also banged up 
and maybe he wouldn't go if they were in at full strength. So they and, and this is a one-dimensional team that cannot run the ball, that hasn't been able to run the ball all year, and now they're depleted at receiver. Uh, Greg Long, their left tackle, is doubtful to add uh, injury to insult in terms of guys leaving the program. So I think the offense is, is taking a big hit, as is the defense, as their top cornerback, Dedrick Mackey, he also is has not made the trip to Nashville. That's another key loss at a thin position for the Boilermakers against a Tennessee team that likes to throw the football around. If you remember, they already have Corey Trice, who was the number one corner going into the year. He's already been injured for a while. Mackey kind of stepped up into that role, and now they're going to be without him. After a slow start in September, the Vols offense really took off in October behind the strong play of quarterback Hendon Hooker, the former Vatek Hokie. Hooker had 26 touchdown passes, only three interceptions. Uh, since that tough start, Tennessee finished 5-3. and three. Now you're going to say 5-3, and three, that's not that great. And you're right, it's not. It's not totally great, but let's take a look at who their losses came against. College football playoff team and number one, Alabama. College football playoff team and number three, Georgia. Who the third loss come against? Oh, number eight, Ole Miss. So all three of those losses came to teams ranked in the top eight currently. Can't really hold that against them when we're comparing Tennessee to Purdue. Now, how did how did the Vols do in their other five games? I'll tell you. They scored at least 45 points all five times. They won four of those games by 24-plus points, uh, two of which came against bowl teams. They smoked Missouri 62 to 24. Uh, they beat South Carolina 45 to 20. The only game that wasn't a blowout was a three-point win over a highly ranked Kentucky team that, you know, at full strength is significantly better than Purdue without their best two players. They have a monster edge, in my opinion, on both sides of the ball, as well as special teams, where SP Plus has Tennessee special teams ranked ninth compared to 118th for Purdue. So look for the Volunteers to continue their momentum and roll over Purdue. Finally, we have our biggest bet of all, and I'm just going to let you know what it is, because there's going to be another podcast coming. That's Michigan plus the 7.5 against Georgia. I'm sure nobody's surprised. I've been on the Wolverines all season, and they have been the number one team against the spread, so there's no reason to bail now, especially as they're still getting somehow, I don't know how, but somehow they are still getting over a touchdown despite the season that they had, despite beating Ohio State by two touchdowns, despite thrashing Iowa to win the Big Ten and make the college football playoff, they're still getting seven and a half points, and we're gonna gobble them up. You know, I may have gobbled, I may have gobbled up eight and a half. Sorry, it's still not available, but right now it's seven and a half. I think it's still a great number, and if you're inclined, a little sprinkle, you know, sprinkle a little bit on top of that sweet, delicious Michigan ice cream sundae for dessert here. All right, folks, that's gonna wrap up our big. Bets Bowl podcast here on the Big Big Ten Football Show. Our biggest bet is Michigan plus the seven points in the college football playoff, the Orange Bowl against Georgia. We have three bigger bets, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, which I gave you yesterday. That game is tonight. 
minus the four and a half. We have Tennessee laying the five and a half against Purdue without Bell and Karloftis. And then Wisconsin laying six points with that physical defense and run game against Arizona State. Paul Christ, elite ball coach, always has his team ready to play. And then finally, four big bets. We got Maryland minus three. In the same game, Terps over 29.5 against that depleted Virginia Tech team. Um, Arizona State under 17.5. And, and finally, West Virginia under 19.5 against that elite defense of Minnesota. Eight games. You know, why not? Let's go 8 0. How about that? Tonight's going to start it off with Minnesota and the under WVU, and we're going to roll right into. Maryland tomorrow. I think it's going to be a strong ball week. I got to be honest, I may be back. I'm definitely going to be back for another podcast previewing the Michigan game alone. You got to pick if you don't want to listen, but I'd appreciate if you do. Maybe I'm going to give you a little more knowledge in terms of why you should take the Wolverines, why maybe you should take the money line. Maybe uh, there might be some team totals involved. Who knows? But right now we're definitely on the Wolverines as our biggest bet in terms of the January 1st and on bowl games I don't know uh I'm gonna do I'm gonna keep doing my research maybe we're gonna have another pod for the January 1st bowl games but at this point I can't promise anything they I've got to be honest they all as much as I hate to say it they all might be passes especially when you factor in the value is gone now I kind of liked Utah at the six and a half maybe by a half a point at the seven figuring that Ohio State guys would opt out. Well, now that they have opt out, opted out, that line has dropped to four points. I kind of liked Penn State where they were, but now that we've learned that Jahan Dotson is out and Brisker is out, that that seems kind of like a pass. So, you know, as, as you can see, the, the teams that I'm on are, are teams that are not losing key guys because I think once you lose these key guys, it's you're betting a different team. This is a brand new team that we've never seen before, so uh, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wanna back aside that I'm not fully confident, and I'm not gonna wanna give that out to you guys. So, but I think eight plays between tonight and January, uh, December. I keep saying January between tonight and December 31st. I think if we do well here, we're all gonna be scheduled and set up for a nice happy new year. Enjoy your holidays, and uh, and I hope you're all with a loved one to ring in the new year.